Hey everybody, you are listening to Building in Africa, the show where we discuss game changers, opportunities, challenges, and lessons from Africa's business and tech landscape. Big tech giants like Facebook, Twitter, and Google are increasingly turning their attention towards Africa with much more of a presence in the region in recent Rapid customer acquisition is the goal of any tech startup or ambitious business at any stage. There are different channels startups can use to acquire customers. They include organic search, email marketing, content marketing, social media, and paid ads. Many of the potent mainstream and scalable acquisition channels are digital and internet-based, which makes them suitable for markets with high adoption of digital technologies such as smartphones and the internet. For example, according to Statista, 91% of households across the EU27 had access to the internet in 2020, with most adults using it daily. This makes one wonder, are most of the acquisition channels in the Western markets viable options for startups in Africa, a continent with unique socio-economic and technological landscape, and a much lower internet usage? Based on my experience of building, marketing, and growing digital products, many of them in Africa. It's not as straightforward as you may think. In fact, I spend a significant part of my day at Loop5360 just talking to founders in Africa and discussing how they can acquire a stream of customers for their business. I am John Alimi, and on today's show, we are talking about customer acquisition in Africa with Victor Drojaye, a product marketing professional in one of the leading fintech companies in Africa and also a very good friend of mine. Victor will be joining me from time to time on this podcast to analyze and discuss different topics all connected to building in Africa. So you could call him a sparring partner on this podcast. Thanks for joining me, Victor. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. So, Victor, Talking about customer acquisition in, in Africa, what, what makes it so different from the standard acquisition channels in the European or US market? Uh, actually, maybe maybe we should start with the definition to give some uh, some of our listeners some, some background to those who are not familiar with the with the term. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the simple definition that says uh, an acquisition, acquisition channel is any place your customers meet your brand for the first time. Uh, that could be uh, an organic channel or a paid channel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. Really, it's pretty much where uh, where you where you meet your customers. So, ab- absolutely. So, what are examples of, of of you know those 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 sort of channels? Uh, so I mean, there are a few ones. Uh, depends on how you want to classify them. There, obviously, like the inbound channels. There are the outbound channels. I'm a big fan of the hotspot. Uh, Upspot uh, classification, you know, the inbound channels where you are focused on just engaging your customers, creating content that is valuable to them. Obviously, the likes of content marketing, email marketing fall under that. Um, and there's also the outbound channels where, you know, you go after them whether they want your information or not. Uh, maybe paid advert ads, uh, going to social media, outdoor advertising, out of home advertising. Um, pretty much so, it, it, it really runs across different channels, whether it's online or offline. So there are many uh, channels. Some other companies also have explored referral strategies. Um, so yeah, there are quite a few of, of those options. Oh, yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Victor. So, because, I mean, there was a day I was just thinking about actually trying to have this 
not finite list, but some form of comprehensive yeah. list of um, acquisition channels, right? And there's this growth marketing um, newsletter that I actually follow called, called um, Demand Curve. And they had like this okay. long list of acquisition channels. And that, I mean, there are some really interesting ones like Pinterest ads, uh, Quora ads. And I mean, right. it's, it's a lot and, and, you know, a lot of them, right? But bringing it back, I've, I just mentioned like Pinterest ads and all these things, right? So what makes acquisition or customer acquisition in Africa different from, again, uh, the Western markets being, you know, European or US markets, for example, right? I just mentioned Pinterest um ads for yeah. example so why wouldn't that really work in in africa and let's let's say nigeria obviously which is the market you've played in for for a bit right so uh i would say pinterest for one is not a a social app that is well adopted in this part of the world for some reason i, I could be wrong but um i don't see people talking about uh, pinterest or yeah i think i have a pinterest account and i probably subscribe to a newsletter but i don't use it that much so uh, if you're advertising any product that you probably won't find me there um but yeah i think the factors that really influence um the channels you use compared to in africa compared to the rest of the world or developed nations is pretty much the adoption of you know the technology um the lifestyle in everything is deeply connected to how people live their culture the things that are important to them the things that they find interesting um, and the likes of uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter have really kicked on in Nigeria. Obviously, Nigerians love to engage. Nigerians love to, to show off, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, I, I pretty much applies to the rest of Africa as well. You see, you see a lot of similarities and things that, you know, peak on in different parts of Africa, generally moving across. So, West Africa, uh, South Africa, North Africa, you see a lot of similarities right there but one thing that i should also mention that i think is important is the social economic factors as well the purchasing power mm. and some of these other channels really do influence um what what uh channels work in africa you definitely can't just ship a channel even if it's the same product solves a problem solves the same problem but you can't just ship it from developed countries and bring it to africa open that will work the, the continent mm. is unique uh, the market is unique the people are unique uh, the social economic factors are unique the culture as well is very unique right i mean that's 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 an interesting point that you've mentioned there where you're yeah. looking at the social economic factors you know the customer customer behavior as well so let, let's take Absolutely. out you know some yeah let, i mean let's look at some customer segments right so let's even take right. um let's take maybe a consumer and b2b right so uh, let, let for example if you're targeting small businesses in africa right east and west africa for example versus yeah. again let's take uk because of course i i live in the uk so uh, how does that compare in terms of how you approach this sort of two uh different um markets right because i'll take for example like small businesses in, in the uk right they're they're quite yeah let, let's just say the the economies are completely different the technological right. factors are completely different right of course like you mentioned yes you know you have like the um high adoption rate of mobile phones over the you know past right. years yes that's a factor but of course when it also comes to the way people sort of engage and interact things like email communication right, right? use of social right. media i think it's looks it's i mean it's appears to or it seems to be definitely different in nigeria for let's take small businesses 
compared to the UK, for example, where, you know, small businesses, perhaps some of them still communicate through like email. Obviously, that's different from uh, customer segments when it comes to like shops and things like that. But let's even take online businesses, right? How in right. Nigeria, what makes them different in terms of the way sort of like small businesses interact with customers online? Right. Uh, well, one thing for sure that you need to take into account is the trust, right? Uh, we are, um, I mean, again, back to socioeconomic factors and the things that have influenced Africa, where we're coming from. Um, trust is a huge factor in doing business in um, Africa, right? You don't, you don't just find people uh, just jumping on a product. People are usually very skeptical. People are using it for... Um, the first set of users. People are usually many times don't want to be the first uh, set of users to use a product. So you find that in in doing business in this part of the world, uh, customer testimonies are huge, and you see a lot of brands paying attention to that. You know, going after it because you know that's this thing that used to happen back then when when at the bus stop. Uh, when you are at the bus stop, you're trying to catch a bus to get to to a destination. Mm-hmm. You're trying not to be the first person. Like if the bus arrives empty, yeah. you're trying to be the first person to go in. Uh, you want to have people yeah, that in there before. It, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just because you know the kind of the kind of environment we live in, where and the trust is low, um, and you can imagine how difficult that would be for financial services. Mm. Uh, imagine products that you require linking people linking their cards, providing their bank uh, information or BVN that kind of thing. Well. You see that adoption generally for those kind of products is slow until it kind of catches on. Um, people have friends who are using it. People have family, neighbors, all that kind of stuff. And then they start to, you know, they're more willing to use it as well. Uh, so I, I think generally um, for small businesses, it's the fact that I, I think it can be hard, right? Especially before um, the likes of Facebook and Instagram started to drive performance marketing that could help them, you know, find their customers at very uh, low, at, at low cost. But for a long time, it had to be like word of mouth, referral, going after people, building a lot of personal um, relationships, interactions, which obviously it's hard to scale. Um, so I think that's one major factor where, you know, the trust is low. People actually have to, you know, find struggle to find their first time users before the product uh, kind of catches on eventually. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, definitely. You, you did you did mention an interesting point about trust, right? Yeah. So, which means, because I follow like a lot of, at least I've been following the tech space in Nigeria closely for, um, for a right. while now, right? And then you notice that in terms of the advertising sort of strategy, a lot of this is using influencers and saying this product is the best and the most affordable. This is the most trusted absolutely. and the most... So, of course, I guess that's... Um, that's was kind of born out of the fact that yeah you need to build that trust and you know um the consumers need to feel like comfortable kind of doing business with you so i i think yeah, absolutely that the, the, i mean thanks for thanks for that great point so looking at online and offline acquisition channels right so you you touched right. on facebook ads for example right where yeah in the U, in the in the uk again western markets facebook ads you know when they came on whoa was like the best things in sliced bread, right? No, the return on ad spend was was really, really high. And of course, that is able to work because you have like the basic infrastructures like in place, right? 
but yeah. comparing it to nigeria where okay you still have quite a number of people who are not online right even looking at social media as like facebook i think up to like 35 yeah. million nigerians on facebook if you compare that to percentage uh, expressed as a percentage of well 200 million 210 depending obviously the source i mean that's yeah. still quite low compared to like other countries like us where a lot of the consumers are online are on social media right so right how would you say what would what's your thoughts on the dynamics between um online and offline channels in nigeria when it comes to customer acquisition right uh it definitely uh depends on the kind of product you're selling and what the target market is i generally feel like uh a lot of companies startups especially are completely completely neglecting um a a huge section of the market in in nigeria or in africa generally again this principal strategies the market is pretty much similar across across africa so when i say nigeria it pretty much applies to africa as well although i know we're starting to see a lot of smartphone adoption technology adoption in some parts of east africa like kenya rwanda but still on the on the low side compared to the rest of the world so i was going to say um, startups are neglecting that market because they have no bridge to be able to connect with them um, so many times people are focused on again that small mar- uh, market segment that you talked about the ones who have high adoption of technology um, young people who are in that uh, 18 to 35 age bracket you know they are on several social media platforms you know they like mobile apps they have they use smartphones um, they're pretty connected to to technology Mm. Um, they are technology enthusiasts and all of that so yeah I feel like that's a market segment that most people focus focus on and are hoping you know they can get a huge portion of the market for whatever product or service they have um but yeah it's, it's still a, it's still a big issue we still have a lot of people being neglected for instance I, I i play in the financial service space a lot of people are still excluded from the financial economy in nigeria despite the strength of the banks despite the number of fintech startups that we have uh, because there's just no bridge you know to connect with that with that market um, we have the likes of the telcos like the MTN who've been able to do that successfully because they have a technology that works on all kinds of phones whether it's a smartphone or it's a feature phone um, so it's it's a huge um, gap there in africa and i feel like everybody's just waiting for adoption to grow uh, where mm. and again this thing is connected to the economy when people don't make enough money to feed themselves they definitely can get you know the, the smart devices um, they are just going to be focused focused on survival when you consider the side of, of Nigeria and that market, it's still a huge segment that mm. uh, we're we're living untouched and the the potential there is untapped. So yeah, offline branding too still is important because that's probably the only contact you're going to have um, with that with that market segment. Especially if you have something to do in that market, you, they need to be able to see uh, billboards. You probably be able to catch mm. them on radio, um, and of course. There's, there's a higher adoption for radio than TV. So those things are, are huge, they're important. They are considerations you have to make all the time when you're making decisions, decisions about playing in Africa or, or Nigeria, for instance. I mean, that yeah, th- thanks for that, Victor. That's, that's quite interesting in, in the sense of how much offline branding still influences, like quite a lot. Right. Well, of course, in terms of 
customer acquisition, consumer perception, customer perception generally anyway. Absolutely. Uh, but, but, but also, you did mention the part where, you know, this particular demographics of people are not being, you know, um, catered for in that sense. Well, let's say they are yeah. almost redlined in quotes, right? And I obviously will say that carefully in the sense that, you know, yeah. is, is, is that because they're harder to reach, you know, harder to kind of like um, expose some form of technology to? And that's why perhaps most people tend to focus on, you know, a certain demographics, again, in this case, I hear a lot of Gen Zs or millennials. Yeah. Those who yeah. are online. Yeah, absolutely. I think reaching them is hard to scale. I think that's the problem. I think you definitely can reach them, but it's hard to scale um, in terms of how you drive your product education awareness. How do you introduce new features? How do you? All of that solution is easier if you if you just have a mobile app, um, right? And you can. Um, you know share updates people can you know download it, it's it's more scalable mm. with the smartphone uh technology with that group you know the millennials the gen z's it's a lot more scalable right uh, and i i guess cheaper compared to to that other uh, target market right it, interesting what you i mean that leads nicely actually to talking about uh, scalable versus unscalable channel so um, right. w- when you say uh, a scalable channel what does that even mean um again just for a benefit of those uh listeners that, that are not really familiar with these terms well uh just to put it in in simple english scalable simply means you can uh turbocharge it without necessarily um, putting the same amount of effort so you can see uh, you can put in uh, less effort to achieve more growth so and that yeah. can increase exponentially you know as you yeah kind of turbocharge that channel yeah but unscalable means you pretty much have to do just about the same amount of work to be able to see the same amount of results which yeah it's impractical to, to pretty much build any business yeah i i completely agree with you it's like that um a bit like linear and exponential relationship is, in which obviously surely exactly. the exponential one is important to grow a business so um just just to you know deep dive into that a bit more right so absolutely okay. what, what you've said i mean 100 percent i agree right but again to uh, give more context to those listening and are not familiar with this um concept so um scalable yeah. channels have to critical things in common right one is high volume and the other one is uh compounding or looping effect which is what gives that sort of like exponential right. output right so high volume in the sense that a lot of people can be reached through scalable channels and for a very long time right you know right. you can before you saturate that channel it's going to take a while i mean you have to have grown significantly right but right. for in terms of the compounding or looping effect you know there's this self uh fueling mechanism that allows you to kind of repeatedly reinvest the output of the channel uh beat new users or revenue and pour it right back to produce more growth so let's take facebook for example right you acquire users on facebook they make a purchase you make a profit you invest it back into the business and it goes like that flywheel model so going back to what you said for a lot of the offline channels or let's call them the offline audience in quote in nigeria where to have i think particularly that compounding or looping effect it might be really really difficult unless you have some crazy virality um that is really driving people sort of like talking about your product or, or, or whatnot right it, it, it sounds like it's really really hard to do 
Yes, it, it is. Uh, the channels are expensive. Um, the communication has to be simple. We also do have the um, the challenges with with uh, education, literacy, um, all of those things. You have to to be able to scale that channel. You need to drive a lot of user education, um, and it's hard. It's expensive. It's um, you also have to consider the the, the challenges with language, um, the especially i mean in a country like nigeria that has how many ethnic groups and um, local languages it's it's really hard so it's almost like you're looking for one uh unifying factor which is okay they all are they're all exposed to technology they all can speak one language they mm. all use the same type of tools you, you have to be, you have to build it on something that is very predictable and you don't necessarily have to like fix so to be able to, to deal in in the local sector uh in nigeria it sounds like you have to fix it um, yeah usually in in developed countries like where you live for instance the government has done all of that um there's the infrastructure there is a foundation that the government has laid and then players um, private players really just come and build on that foundation mm. here you will have to lay the, you will have to lay the groundwork yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have that to, makes the grind, really the grind, the hustle. <laughs> exactly, you have to go to the grind. Uh, so I'll tell you an instance for you know the 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 uh, sector I play in. Yeah. One of the things we deal with the most is um, fraud, right? Because and we constantly have to keep driving education around what to do with your um, bank details, your um, wallet ID, you know, the mm. concept of OTPs and pins. I mean, you'd be shocked at how freely people give it, give those things away because they just don't understand. They just don't know. So it's, yeah, education is such a, it's such a, makes a huge difference in terms of how well you can, you can quickly scale a product because it, you, you have the less education you have to do about your product the better for you so you can mm. invest the resources in really just driving your visibility driving growth introducing new features you know delighting your customers yeah it, it's tough it's tough yeah. um in the local in the local uh market segment yeah yeah i, I, I absolutely agree with you that you burn so much cash and you know at, at the same time you're not making yeah. enough to obviously cover up the uh to, the, the losses and that's because like you said of course the educational aspect People being familiar with this concept, you know, this way of doing yeah. business or this way of actually engaging, uh, and 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 yeah, it's um, I completely agree with you that it 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 can be tough for businesses to grind through that period where the market is not really or the market has not latched onto this uh, to this uh, concept of or to this way of doing things. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. Um, talking about that now, okay, so you, you've said, okay, you can definitely, so you mentioned for the scalable channels, yes, you can reach those customers, but man, it's going to be hard to grow or scale that model, right? So yeah. I, 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 so now kind of relating it back to different stages of a startup. So let's, I mean, let, let's use the, let's use four categories, right? Let's use the launch stage, the traction stage, the growth right. stage, and the scaling stage, right? So, right. For a lot of startups, I mean, one could argue, okay, you know, we can grind through the um, launch launch phase, right? 
perhaps get to a bit right. of traction by actually you know let's let's say doing things that don't scale right but right do you think again uh, like perhaps maybe you know typical entrepreneurs that obviously jumping off the cliff and building the plane obviously down yeah. the hill right do you think it's something they pr- perhaps need to maybe uh, figure out a little bit before they dive in terms of okay even if you get early traction can you really scale this in terms of like again those offline um consumers or customers and you know how to then obviously target them through scalable offline uh channels as well yeah uh so i mean like you have become an advocate of doing things that don't scale and because it makes sense on, on many levels really uh, you can have a product that that catches on pretty early but you still don't understand the customers and you still don't understand um what exactly makes that product tick what makes it um so valuable to the customers and obviously if you don't understand those things you can't scale it you, ha- you only can double down on something that's working or something that you understand um mm. whether to be able to tweak it to say you know what let's get how do we get more out of it um or how do we you know what this isn't working how do we change it completely so i i think it's great to for especially at that launch stage for founders to really focus on understanding their customers in relation to the product that they're trying to build that and what i mean is you want to understand uh, many times people are, are so i give you an instance where uh, in this space i i play one of the first things we identified was that the competition wasn't the next um, platform that was doing the same thing like we were the competition was cash it was mm. that was the alternative for many people if you want to digitize payments in nigeria you are competing with cash which is the natural way for people to transact um, people show up they want to pay for something they want to pay cash so if you're saying i'm going to introduce uh, pos technology i'm going to introduce a, a card and all of that you know you, you exactly know what your competition is and you find out where to plug in your service right i think that's where you know that's what launch stage should be about a very critical understanding of the space you're playing in of your users speaking to as many users as possible like it, it's not i mean sometimes obviously some uh, some products uh kind of grow on their own and you're really having to catch up you know you're having more users that you can even provide the service for um and all of that which is great i mean mm. traction can never be bad but you also it just means like you have to then even find time to pay attention you know invest in research and development to really understand the product so because you want to build a product you can defend uh, whether competition comes whether a, a new a bigger player comes you have something to hold on to right so i think that's really what um the launch stage is about again going through the grind understanding each process one by one and then again start to build out you know some form of automation or technology that can drive that to scale it and to go for for bigger traction yeah yeah so i I, it sounds like obviously what you're saying and i completely agree is that you know okay if you look at all these channels and you feel like oh god this is too hard no one is ever gonna do it well guess what someone is going to do it right so of course it's a case of obviously like i said uh launch start first right you just never know kind of figure it out do things that don't scale right try to acquire these customers in the most unscalable you know ways because of course you're trying to figure out these people in or you know what makes these people right take in the first place right their behavior characteristics and things like that right 
and of course like you mentioned exactly. you want to then of course get some traction out of that right some steady sort of growth you're finally cracking it but again i guess it's still okay to use some unscalable um acquisition channels here right but yeah I, 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 absolutely yeah, yeah go for it yeah i was going to say obviously anything that uh, helps you to uh speak to your customers if you can get as many users as possible it's pretty much like increasing the sample size um where well if i can get if i can get use a channel to um get a thousand users for the benefit of being able to learn from them and i've i've, I've seen a few companies do that where maybe they build like a free plan for instance just so that they could just get insight into um, these users they build a tool uh, that is important to them is important to the users but not necessarily like something they can monetize or scale but mm. just to be able to learn just be able to interact with the users just be able to so yeah i, I think it's a good mix of both but i think at, at the bedrock of everything is understanding the users understand the market understanding the industry that you're playing in and whatever channels help you do that best um so i, I think those are probably right channels to use all right great so of course again i think just to summarize that you know when you are at that traction stage right yeah okay you've done these things like going to the markets talking to these you know beautiful people selling you know products yeah. um and then you'll be you're able to sort of acquire them at that sort of like granular level right but of yeah. course to look at starting considering the growth stage or even before even dream of the skill stage of course what you're saying is it's starting to consider those channels where you can of course how do you kind of acquire like a significant number within yes. the shortest period of time right yes. and of course going yes. back to that flywheel model of high volume and that self-fueling mechanism right where you can then deliver yes. that exponential growth rather than the linear growth obviously that uh, that obviously um uh sort of like associated with those previous um stages being launched and obviously attraction uh, so it sounds like yes that's the time to then figure out how to take whatever acquisition channel you've got to experiment with it offline let's say we've been talking about offline a lot of course but yeah. you know now to starting to wrap things up of course for online as well yes it's the same similar principles apply of course it's just that you know scalable channels for like um audience that are that are online is completely like different it's more well i consider it to be at least relatively like easier than those yeah. were like um the offline audience in, in in quotes right so great conversation victor um in conclusion so what what this i mean this conversation what would be the biggest kind of summary for you like okay we've talked about online channels uh offline acquisition channels different stages of uh a startup and how you can obviously um use them or how that is pretty much associated with different growth channels that you can consider you know across those stages right so what is the summary of all this victor yeah i would say first of all the the, the market is unique if you're playing in africa it's a unique market and i think it uh Companies that are humble enough to acknowledge that are more likely to be successful. Um, the second thing I would say is you have to pay attention to um, your acquisition channels already. You have to actually optimize for um, 
the ones that give you the, that, that you can acquire at the lowest cost possible i think it's important to pay attention i think we have a tendency again uh, in this part the booming uh, tech space in in africa also means of course we have more money more resources to deploy and you find a lot of companies right uh burning money at such an early stage not paying attention to you know whatever it costs to and that's part of scalability as well if it's costing you let's say two to uh five hundred dollars for instance to acquire a customer that you can only max out um the lifetime value of that customer is probably just max double of that acquisition cost it probably doesn't make sense and you can't scale that um the part of profitability is very uh, unlikely in that regard so you need to pay attention even from a very early stage pay attention to the cost of acquisition um find out the channels that are working and generally speak to the users find the channels that give you access to the users uh, at the best cost possible and learn of that um I feel like once you have the users, once you're able to talk to your users, it might take time, but you would eventually figure out what they really need and how to build for them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Yes. Um, to wrap it up, the conclusion is for those building in Africa, the market is unique. You can't just copy and paste a business model from the Western countries and paste it in Nigeria and expect to experience the same same growth i mean your 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 growth trajectory is going to be like impacted by a lot of institutional voids so uh yeah watch out for that exactly. so thank you so much victor for joining me on today's episode um i mean it's always a, a pleasure having this conversation thank you so much Jen, for having me great conversation thanks for listening to the building in africa podcast with your host john alimi Please remember to subscribe, leave a review and rate the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It will help us to reach more people who want to learn more about the business and tech space in Africa. We will see you next time. Building in Africa is a Lupify Media production.